Hello, I'm Ronnie Lutz. This is The Liner Project. Welcome back. It's been a while since I recorded, and I just wanted to let everybody know on a little personal note, I'm living in Vegas, where I've lived for the last 20 years, but I'm working in Utah, so I normally come home on my weekends and go to Utah during the week. I have some friends that allow me to stay at their house during my work week. To say the least, our family life is a little wonky right now. All of this to say that I'm sorry this episode has been delayed, and hopefully the next episodes won't be delayed. But we'll see what happens. Another thing that happened during this time was I was writing the script for one episode, and I just... I couldn't really get into it, so I switched to a song that was later in my list, and I did this one. And I wrote this one in just a little bit, because this one is exciting to me. And maybe that should tell me, don't pick songs that aren't exciting to you. Or even I like that song, I just couldn't get into doing the research. But now to this episode... We're going to be discussing Johnny Horton's Sing to Bismarck. Johnny Horton was a honky-tonk country singer in the 50s and 60s. I love his music. He has so many great songs. If you've never heard of Johnny Horton, and there's a good chance you haven't, search for him in your music player of choice. Just listen to his greatest hits. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's fantastic. This whole album could be a season of the Liner Project. He sings so many historical songs it's it's just one of those things that as a kid when i heard johnny horton for the first time i was like this is it man this is the this is the stuff i enjoy it's got history and it's got music so we'll just talk a little bit about horton he was born john Legale horton in los angeles in 1925 but he grew up in east texas and after graduating high school in 1944 he went to three different colleges but he graduated from none kind of like me. Well, I didn't make it to three different colleges, but I made it to two. Interestingly enough, he briefly played basketball for Baylor University, which just happens to be this current year's NCAA men's basketball champion. He probably probably couldn't have made it on the team today. I'm pretty sure he couldn't have. He moved back to California after college and was married to his first wife, Donna Cook. Horton had some seemingly random jobs, including going to Alaska to search for gold, which if you do know Johnny Horton's songs, you'll know he sings a song about North to Alaska, called North to Alaska. It was during the gold searching that he started writing songs. When he returned to California, he guest hosted on a radio and a television show in Pasadena. He got his own show and performed as The Singing Fisherman, which is a fun name, I suppose. This was 1952 and Horton would come to an untimely demise only eight years later, but in that eight years, Horton would record some of the most iconic country songs of all time. On November 4th into the 5th of 1960, Horton and two other band members, Tommy Tomlinson and Tillman Franks, were traveling from the Skyline Club in Austin, Texas, to Shreveport, Louisiana, when they collided with an oncoming truck on a bridge near Milano, Texas. Horton died on the way to the hospital, Tomlinson was seriously injured and had to have his leg amputated later, and Franks suffered head injuries. 
and James Davis, the truck driver, had a broken ankle and other minor injuries. The funeral was held in Shreveport, Louisiana. Johnny Cash did a reading. He chose chapter 20 from the book of John. Just prior to his death, in November of 1960, Horton released the song we are going to talk about today, Sink the Bismarck. It was originally styled Bismarck spelled B-I-S-M-A-R-K and later switched to the correct spelling of B-I-S-M-A-R-C-K. Sink the Bismarck reached number three on the charts. The song was inspired by the 1960 war movie Sink the Bismarck and of course the actual German battleship of its name. Two Bismarck class battleships were designed in the mid-30s. The Germans had to sort of lie, or well, they had to lie, about how big the ships were based on the Anglo-German Naval Agreement of 1922 that imposed strict limitations on the size of ships. The ships secretly exceeded the limitations by a wide margin. The displacement limit was 35,000 long tons, and the Bismarck, fully loaded, eventually had a displacement of 49,500 long tons. A long ton is 2,240 pounds. I didn't do the research into why a ton is 2,000 and a long ton is 2,240. I have no clue. I'm sure it would have taken me down a rabbit hole of measurements that I didn't want to get into. The Bismarck had an overall length of 823 feet 6 inches and was 118 feet 1 inch wide at its widest. The Bismarck class battleship was Germany's largest warship and displaced more than any other European battleship. In 1939, when she was commissioned, Hitler said the following, As Fuhrer of the German Volk and Chancellor of this Reich, I cannot conceive of a better name to give this ship than the name of this man who, as a fearless, valiant knight, created the German Reich, whose restoration from bitter despair and whose miraculous growth providence has bestowed on us. German construction workers, engineers, and dock workers have created the enormous hole of this proud giant who will ride the waves. May the German soldiers and officers who will have the honor to command this ship one day prove themselves worthy of the name. May the spirit of the Iron Chancellor suffuse them. May it accompany them in their actions during many sorties in times of peace. Should it be necessary, may his example inspiringly remind and precede them. May it illuminate the hours of hardest fulfillment of their duty. It is with this fervent wish that the German Volk greet its new battleship, the Bismarck. Work was finally completed on the Bismarck in August of 1940. The Bismarck only lasted from August of 1940 until May of 1941, which is only 10 months in total. And now, we'll get to the song. In May of 1941, the war had just begun. The Germans had the biggest ship that had the biggest guns. The Bismarck was the fastest ship that ever sailed the sea. On her decks were guns as big as steers and shells as big as trees. World War II actually started in 1939, but Horton is taking some poetic license here, as he does a lot in this song. The Bismarck was powered by three Blom and Voss geared steam turbines, which produced over 148,000 shaft horsepower. I don't know what that means, but it sounds like a lot and yielded a maximum of 30.01 knots, or 34.5 miles per hour. The Bismarck had a cruising range of 8,870 nautical miles, or 10,210 miles. She had a crew of over 2,200 men. She was armed with eight 15-inch guns and four twin gun turrets. She also had a secondary arrangement of 
12 5.9 inch guns, 16 4.1 inch guns, and 12.79 inch anti-aircraft gun. She even carried four Arado AR-196 reconnaissance float planes that could be catapulted from the deck. Horton overstates the Bismarck's accomplishments, but it was the most feared ship at the time. There were smaller, faster ships, but none as big as the Bismarck that were that fast. Other ships had bigger guns, some up to 18 inch in diameter. More poetic license. This leads us to the short career of the Bismarck. Out of the cold and foggy night came the British ship, the Hood. And every British seaman he knew and understood. They had to sink the Bismarck, the terror of the sea. Chop those guns as big as steers and those shells as big as trees. At 545 on May 24, 1941, the pride of the Royal Navy, the huge battle cruiser HMS Hood, met up with the Bismarck in the Denmark Strait. Hood found the Bismarck and on that fatal day, the Bismarck started firing 15 miles away. We gotta sink the Bismarck, was the battle sound. But when the smoke had cleared away, the mighty Hood went down. The HMS Hood and the HMS Prince of Wales engaged the Bismarck and the Prince, Prince Eugen at 5.52. The Hood opened fire at 28,000 yards and the Prince of Wales a minute later. The Hood thought the Prince Eugen was the Bismarck. The British ships came at the German ships head-on, which allowed the German ships to use both front and rear guns, while the British could only use their front turrets. Within eight minutes of firing, the Bismarck hit the Hood's rear ammunition magazine and detonated 110 long tons of cordite propellant. The massive explosion broke the back of the ship between the main mast and the rear funnel. The forward section continued to move forward briefly before sinking. Only three of the 1,419 men of the Hood survived. The Bismarck then started firing on the Prince of Wales. The Prince of Wales scored a couple hits on the Bismarck, but one of the Bismarck shells hit the bridge of the Prince of Wales, killing everyone in the command center except the captain and one other person. Eventually, the Prince of Wales retreated because the ship only had five operating guns and the ship had sustained some significant damage. The Bismarck had fired 93 armor-piercing shells and had been hit by three shells. The flooding from the hits caused a small list, but otherwise, the Bismarck was fine. For six long days and weary nights, they tried to find her trail. Churchill told the people, put every ship a sail. Cause somewhere on that ocean, I know she's gotta be. We gotta sink the Bismarck to the bottom of the sea. Prime Minister Winston Churchill ordered all warships in the area to join pursuit of the Bismarck and the Prince Eugen. In all, six battleships and battle cruisers, two aircraft carriers, 13 cruisers, and 21 destroyers were committed to chasing down the two ships. The Prince of Wales fixed nine of her ten main guns and was put in the front of the formation to attack if the opportunity afforded itself and the opportunity did afford itself on May 26th. The British guns were aimed and the shells were coming fast. The first shell hit the Bismarck, they knew she couldn't last. That mighty German battleship is just a memory. Sink the Bismarck was the battle cry that shook the seven seas. The naval battle lasted from 22:38 on May 26th until 10:35 on May 27th when the Bismarck sank. Overall, the British ships fired more than 2,800 shells at the Bismarck and scored more than 400 hits, but were unable to sink the Bismarck by gunfire. The heavy gunfire at virtually point-blank range 
devastated the superstructure and the sections of the hull that were above the waterline, causing very heavy casualties, but it contributed little to the eventual sinking of the ship. Out of a crew of over 2,200 men, only 114 survived. We found that German battleship was making such a fuss. We had to sink the Bismarck cause the world depends on us. We hit the deck running and we spun those guns around. Yeah, we found that mighty Bismarck and we cut the cutter down. The wreck of the Bismarck was discovered on June 8, 1989 by Dr. Robert Ballard. The ship was found basically setting up correctly on the bottom of the ocean. No shells had penetrated the ship's hull underwater. The Bismarck would have eventually been sucked by the British, but it was found that the Germans scuttled the ship so the British didn't capture it and get its secrets. That is the end of Sink the Bismarck by Johnny Horton. So as I said earlier, this is one of the songs that really made me want to do this podcast. This is one of the singers that really made me want to do this podcast. This song led me down so many rabbit holes when I was a kid. And I'm going to guarantee you that Johnny Horton will show up again. I'm also pretty sure we'll be talking about powdering some alligators behinds when he does show up. Thanks for listening, and again, sorry about the wait. Have a great one.